that I am their father. And I love uh, the, the uh, image that Pastor uh, actually did, our father, because we're all children in God's kingdom. And we, he is our father. He's actually our father. You know, when you think about a family, there is um, order in the family. There's a father and a mother, and then you have your children. And we are in God's kingdom, and so we are God's children in his kingdom. And so we have to see him as our father. You know, our earthly fathers... Um, some of us had good experiences with our earthly fathers, and some of us may not have had such good experiences. But neither he, that's neither here or there, because the good thing about it is God made sure that whatever your situation is, whether your parent has passed on, whether uh, they forsook you, whether they, um, you know, just for whatever reason, just couldn't handle the weight of being the father that you needed. God always, he looked ahead. He planned ahead. He knew that actually what's so interesting, all of us have one thing in common, actually two things in common. One of the things that we have in common is that we did not choose our parents. Think about that. We didn't choose them, but they were chosen. And the thing about it, as much as it may seem like Okay, why was I given, if let's say your parent was not as, as you desired that person to be, you know, you question yourself, well, why would I be given this? But the thing about God is he says that when he created man, he said he created man and everything was very good. And so what happens is um, when they get into the earth, they get corrupted for whatever reason. And it could just be that their their parent, their parent didn't father them. I know my dad uh, in particular, uh, my dad grew up actually... Um, pretty much fending on his own. He didn't, he had a father in his life, but my father's father just wasn't present. And so um, the, the thing about it is um, he did the best he could based on what he had. And I actually appreciate that even more as I, you know, as I got older and wiser and uh, understood that, you know, people don't just basically, you know, they're born to, to just be evil. A lot of times it's just they just don't know. When you know, you do better. And sometimes you say to yourself, well, you know, you know you're in this role, you should do better. But that's not always the case. Just because you say it, just because you see it, you don't know how to be it. And so we have to, like, uh, really think about that. But all of us, we, uh, we didn't choose who our parent was. We didn't choose. You didn't even choose, really, if you were going to be a boy or a girl. That was chosen before you came on the scene. God actually, he, he chose that for us. So, you know, but the thing about, I love about God is whether your, your parent was, uh, you know, um, someone that was a, a great parent or whether they were not so great, God is perfect as a father. And that's what he really wanted us to see today is that even in spite of all that you've, you know, the, the, the fathering that you've gotten up to this point, God is the best father ever. And he could actually replace what your father didn't do. He could actually comfort you, whatever your father put you through. And so he really wanted me to get us to see, number one, we are his children. Number two, he is our father. And number three, we are in his kingdom, okay? And so very important that we get that. So we're going to talk about knowing him as our father, uh, to learn how to communicate with him, uh, to learn the importance of forgiveness and how to forgive, um, to learn how to honor your parent. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, we, we hear that word honor our parents and depending on if our parents was, um, if our parent was uh, uh, what we deem as perfect, <laughs> um, that's honor your parent yes and so uh it was actually a part of thank you it was a part of the uh 10 commandments that was actually the very first one honor your mother and father but it had a condition to it actually it said and then you'll have long life and the enemy is very cunning because he starts to try to get us at an early age to actually not honor that commandment because he knows that the parent that we have is not perfect. 
You know what I mean? They're just far from it. They're human. They're just far from it. And so um, it's important that uh, we... We, we understand that because the enemy is very cunning, y'all, in all his ways, subtle. He's real subtle, and he tries to use uh, things that God intended for, to be good, and he perverts it. So knowing God as our Father, um, out of all the names God could have used to have us call him, he chose a masculine word called Father. Interesting. God loves family, and he sees himself as our Father. Malachi, I'm, I'm going to uh, give you some scriptures, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go to all of them. I got tons of it, trust me. But Malachi 2.10 talks about, have we not all one father? It says, hath not one God created us? So God created us fearfully and wonderfully. He spent time and, you know, he was deliberate in how he created his children in the earth. That's a good thing, too. Part, let's park there, because when you think about, you know, our father is the person that God used uh, in his genetic makeup to decipher whether we were going to be male or female, right? But ultimately, we, y'all, he fearfully and wonderfully created us. All of us have been, like, really, uh, before we entered in our mother's room, God said, I knew you. So he knew that this is the way I want them. This is the way I want their personality to be. This is, this is what I designed their gifting and their calling to be like. And so we're just trying to seek the father to really, because think about it. You, how many, you, we got fathers and we got mothers. How many mothers do we have in the place? Got a lot of mothers and fathers. And God has, uh, has designed us to be able to fulfill what it is, if your children are small, what it is that he designed each of our children to be like. So that's why it's important to find out your place in God so that you can help your children get in their place. So vitally important. We got to find our place in God so that we can help them get in their place uh, in God. Because God will download everything that each child would need. So you can't cookie cutter uh, your child's situation. Like if you have more than one child, you can't use the same disciplinary action for both childs. One, one disciplinary that you would use on one kid may actually tear down the other kid. So it has to be something uh, specialized, something customized for that child. You know, sometimes we cook a cutter because we, we think, oh, this is easy. Hey, it worked for this kid. It's going to work for this kid. No. God fearfully and wonderfully made each child, and every child would have different sensitivities. So we can't roll like, you know, they came off of a factory line. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So God sees us as his children. Romans 8.15 says, For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that what? We are the children of God. We're children of God. See, that's important to get, y'all, because when you start to think of yourself as a child, um, sometimes it could be intimidating, like in a sense where almost offensive. So what you saying? <laughs> Especially when we're grown, you know, what, what are you saying? But sometimes we, we get too big for our britches. God really wants us to be childlike. And so the thing about being childlike, a childlike, what they do, they ask questions, don't they? They ask tons of questions. Why? Why we got to do this? Where are we going? How long is it going to be? What am I going to eat? And it's a wonderful picture, though, of how we should be. See, we, we look at it as you're being a bother. Like, go sit down somewhere. You're being a bother. But actually, it's a wonderful picture of how we should be before the Father. Lord, what do you want me to do today? Lord, what should I say about this situation? Father, what do you want me to do? You see what I'm saying? Like really checking in as a child to a father because what do kids think about when they, when they get with their parents? They actually feel like the parent knows what they're doing, don't they? They believe that. 
what you couldn't tell them you couldn't tell them otherwise they believe that if mom and daddy said it that so be it they really believe you well God wants to be the same type of parent for us and he wants us to count on him as our father. Like, you know, it's so easy to dismiss him as our father because he's, you know, he's not present physically. But God is everywhere if you just pay attention. If you just pay attention, he's everywhere. He's so big as a father that, that, that all of him is spread out everywhere. Why? So that we won't miss him. But. The thing about it is we can miss him if we're not in tune with him. You know what I'm saying? We got to get in tune with the father because he's always speaking. He's, he wants his children to know some things and he wants them to experience them some things. But we, 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 we got our uh, ears closed or our minds don't just think. And sometimes it feels like God is just so far away. It does. It feels like sometimes, I know there's been plenty of times in my life where I prayed, I cried out to God, and it was silent. It was silent. And, but there, but I've, I learned in that, Now I'll, I'll hopefully explain what I learned in that, uh, that, those silent times. So the word father is not just a name or title. It's the function of what fathers does, or what they do, which is they provide, they protect, they teach, they lead, they impart wisdom and comfort, correct and encourage. And these are all the attributes that God does. Let me say that again, provides and protects. God does that every single day. Like we, we take it for granted that we're in here uh, protected. Like we take it for granted. There are people now, and y'all have heard it over the news, people are actually, you know, getting, sh uh, just heard just the other day something happened at Costco. So you can't take that for granted. God is watching over his children. And, uh, and so we've, we've got comforter. He's a comforter. When you are feeling uh, dismayed or you're feeling hurt, He's the greatest comforter if we would just allow him to. You know, sometimes people have a hard time receiving comfort. Like, don't touch me. You know, and, and the thing about that is that's a trick of the enemy because he knows that we were designed to be comforted. We were designed to connect. And, he, and, and somehow because of our past or what happened in our past, you know, we think, oh, I'm just born this way that I just don't like people in my space. What we don't realize, we've become that way. See, not, God is not going to uh, create us for something that, he, that, that pleasures him and then we can't produce it. You see what I'm saying? So if he, if, if, if he desires closeness, if he desires to comfort, well then that says, okay, if I'm not wanting anybody in my space, that just means that something is off with me, not him. I'm not gonna blame it on, this is the, God, this is the way God made me. That makes sense. All right, um, he's, he imparts wisdom. Talking about the, the, what the, the word father really is about. He imparts wisdom into his children. And God is always imparting wisdom into us. Oftentimes, we're not listening to it. I'll give you, for instance, um, I was uh, minding my own business, as I always do. And uh, um, I heard the words, heir of salvation. This is this morning. Heirs of salvation. And I was like, What's it, what does this got to do with anything? But I knew enough to know when I hear something like that in my spirit, don't just dismiss it. I'm telling you, when you hear things that seems like it's off or something that just doesn't make sense, you have to pay attention because God is actually speaking. He's actually speaking. When, and so I looked up uh, Heirs of Salvation 
And it was talking about, you know, if you're born again, according to John uh, uh, 3, it talks about being born again, uh, because once you come into the earth, you have to be born again and to be able to receive uh, Christ and be in, his king, in God's kingdom. And it was saying, um, and we become heirs of salvation, which makes us children of God. Now here at the time when I heard it, I was like, now did I hear that in some song or something? Or why did heirs of salvation, why did he point that to me? And it was interesting because it was probably, I don't know, maybe two paragraphs of, of stuff that I had to read through. And, at the, and see, how many of y'all would have just said, this don't make no sense, and just dropped it? But I knew enough to know that, first off, heirs of salvation, that's, that's just, I don't even think I ever said anything like that. And so I said, well, God, you put that in my spirit for some reason. So let me just keep reading. And at the very end is what I got it. So you have to pay attention, even when it seems like it doesn't make sense to you. It makes, it makes sense, perfect sense to him, but it may not make sense to you. And you'll find where it would fit if you would just yield to what he's saying. Here's another one, um, correction. <laughs> None of us like correction. And God is always trying to correct us. We get offended when somebody else, if one of our family members or coworkers or, you know, whoever, we get offended with correction. But correction, y'all, is something we just have to have in our life. We have to have that. See, a lot of us thought, oh, well, when I get older, <laughs> ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. I'll say that to my, how many of y'all, if y'all would be honest, you couldn't wait till you got older so nobody could tell you. But just because we got older doesn't mean that correction stops. And the thing about it, I remember um, hearing, I, my parent never did this to me, you know, when they're whooping the kid, this is hurting me like, you know, more than it's hurting you. No, I, I mean, <laughs> you're saying to yourself, no, I'm the one getting the beating. But, but, but it does, it does. Because you don't want to do it, but you know you have to. God is like that. He, he knows, he doesn't want to do it, but he knows he has to. And so we have to be able, y'all, no matter how old we get, we have to be open to hear correction. See, without the correction, we can never grow to where God really wants us to grow. He's always trying to challenge us and to stretch us and to grow us from where we are. Sometimes we get so, we get older and we just think that, no, that's for the young bucks. No, we are children of God. He is our father and he wants to correct us because he loves us. He chastens, the scripture says, he chastens them who he loves. And sometimes I feel sad sometimes for God because sometimes he gets a bad rap. And what I mean by that is he will allow us to make choices and decisions that can ultimately affect our life and then we get offended with him as if he did it. And he said to you, don't do that. Don't call. Don't go. Stop. And we ignored him. Because we wanted to do what we wanted to do. So then when the repercussion comes on the scene, then we're like, I can't believe you, you did that to me. No, he's saying, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> now, he will bail us out because he's been doing that. I don't know. I can, everybody should raise their hand on this one. How many times have God bailed you out? Right? I mean, he's bailed all of us out. And he continues to do so. Why? Because he loves us, but he doesn't want to keep bailing us out and we don't learn. See, there's a grace for what we do that, that, that God extends to us, but not for us to take advantage of it. The grace is to fill in the gaps where maybe we miss it and we don't know, but not for you to know, miss it, and then, well, Lord, give me, give me grace. That's a, to me, I think that's taking advantage of what grace is all about. 
Grace fills in the gap, just like when our parents were not the way they were or what we desired for them to be, God's grace came in because in all honesty and fairness, if you look at some of our stories of how we've arrived to where we are as children, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Some people have been in abusive situations some people have, have, have gone through, uh, you know, some really hurtful type of situations in life. But God's grace was sufficient to get us through. His grace was so sufficient to get us through. And so we, um, uh, it's good to, to know that he uh, corrects us and we have to be open to receive correction no matter, no matter how old we are. We got to look for correction. See, a lot of us, look, we don't want to be corrected, but we definitely ain't going to be looking for correction. And the thing about it is, the Holy Spirit is always speaking. We ain't always listening. If you really in tune your ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, every time when you have a situation or you're in a situation, he will tell you that wasn't right. He will tell you, I need you to do this. I need you to do that to fix it. But what do we do? We ignore because our feelings. I don't feel like doing that. Or I'm embarrassed. We want to save face. I'm embarrassed because I don't want nobody to know. But if what we always talk about is what's not exposed can't be helped, right? We don't want to maintain the uh, immaturity levels, you know, growing up. We, we want to continue to keep growing in God. That's what God wants us. As our father, he wants us to grow. He wants us, he wants us to, continue to continuously feed us so that we can grow, grow, and grow, and grow. But not grow up to, to, to just say, I don't need him anymore. As long as he is our father, we, will, we should always need him. As long as you are a parent, your kids are always going to need you. See, that's another thing. I don't know about y'all, but it's like, boy, I can't wait till he turned 18. How many of us said that? I can't wait till he turned 18. But guess what? You want a father or, or mother for the rest of their life or your life, whichever one goes first. Seriously. So you're not exonerated from being a parent. Once you're a parent, newsflash, you are always going to be a parent. Always. But God will give you the wisdom on how to parent your older people, your older children. You see, because you can't, you, can't like, <laughs> you can't roll with your kids like they did you did when they were younger, right? So God will give you the wisdom and, and customize it for where they are at the time. He's an encourager. God will encourage us if we let him. You could go ahead. You can go on. You can do this. You, you know you get that little nudge sometimes that, that you have what it takes, even though you may not believe it, but he'll give you some encouragement. He'll send people your way, and that person comes right on time, and you say, oh, I really needed that. Oh, my God, they just have no clue. See, God is, he wants to be a full expression of who he is in the earth. So we are his hands, we're his feet, we're his heart, and he wants to be able to express that. That's why he needs us in place. He needs, at a, he needs us at a level where we're free and we're empty and we're open and we're ready to express the love that, in, that uh, just exudes from him. See, he said the love of God is shed abroad in all of our hearts. It's not shed in our heart for us to lay dormant, right? right. Love dormant is not helping anybody. But he wants us to be able to release it. And, but we have to be uh, mature enough to know how to do that even. Because some people, if you're not mature enough, you think you take love like, and I'm, we, you know, we do have children, okay, uh, you take love as <laughs> uh, a physical thing. And some people don't really connect with the type of love that God wants us to think about. Um, uh, some people don't know how to differentiate between that physical love and the love of God. 
And another thing, the love of God, see, people, people feel like if you correct me or if you, uh, you know, um, maybe reveal something to, to me about me, that's not really love. But that actually is love. You know, my husband always says, I love you enough for you to hate my guts. That's love. That's some serious love right there because all of us want to be loved. All of us want to be liked. But, you know, we got to be willing to love someone strong and hard enough that no, if, it's, if it's to set them free, if it's to help them see, then we should, we should be willing and able because we're able, we need to be willing, though, to, to allow God to use these vessels in the earth. And so even though our, our um, earthly fathers may have the same attributes, our heavenly father is perfect in all his attributes. He's perfect, y'all. He really wanted me to stress that. He is perfect. You know, when you think about perfect, that means nothing missing, nothing lacking. And it may, although we may not understand his ways, but if we get to read his word on a cons continual basis, you'll begin to learn his ways. Uh, as much as it seems like it's, it's, it baffles our minds sometimes, we have to trust. It's a faith thing now. It's a faith thing in knowing that when God does something or allows something in our life, it, it, it's perfect for what he's trying to get. It's perfect. As much as it seems like this is not perfect. Do you understand what I'm saying? He will never quit being our father. He wants to continuously teach us and chastise us. Uh, I've got some scriptures here. I'm not going to go to it just for the sake of time. Hebrew 12, uh, 6. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. Job 5, 17 and 18. Okay, and 1 Corinthians 11.32. So we got Hebrews 12.6, Proverbs 3.11 and 12, Job 5.17 and 18, and then 1 Corinthians 11.32. Now, how many people wrote it down and will go home and look at it? I'm glad you're being honest, because, you know, that's the whole goal. <laughs> is to go home, look it up, because God is saying something. He's saying something there. God is the father to the fatherless, Psalms 27.10. So sometimes people feel, uh, you know, really, really hurt. And, and I understand the loss, you know, we can experience when we lose a parent. Um, but, but, but God actually is a father to the fatherless if we would allow him to be that father. He actually has the same attributes, but except his attributes are what? Perfect. Perfect. His, so what your father uh, uh, couldn't do or didn't do, he is perfect in doing it. Okay? Very, very important. Um, you know, I've, I was thinking about when I said earlier, all of us uh, didn't ask for the father that we got. And I think I may have said it, but I just feel the need to say it again. Uh, you are not what you came from in terms of the uh, indeficiencies that your parent had. Because sometimes you feel like, a person can feel like, well, I came from that. That means I'm that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so you have to, you know, and the, and the thing about it is, again, your father or your mother, they, 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 they had the same uh, excellence and the same um, goodness that God said that we all were good. It was in them too. So when he created you, he knew that he needed to use both of those loins because he wanted to extract the greatness in both of them. So it was in there. It's just it wasn't cultivated. You understand what I'm saying? It was, it's so, so, so don't look at your parent, whoever they were, as jacklegs. <laughs> really like you know and and that and then you feel some kind of way because you came from that person so very important that we we get that um let's see what else i have for you 
I want to go, I want to, with the time I have here, uh, I want to, I really want to do something here. Uh, let's go to, okay, so First John 15 and 14 and 15 says, and this is the confident that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the request that we desire of him. So it's important to, to know that because God's word is his will. See, a lot of times we want to know what is the will of God? The will of God is his word. The will of God is his word. And so if you don't read the word, you can't find out what his will is. So we got to remember the will of God. You know, we want to be smack dab in the will of God. We always say that. We want to be right where he wants us. Well, the only way you're going to find out is uh, in his word. And it's so important because once you start to, once we start to uh, get in the word, uh, he says that he watches over his word to perform it. So he needs to hear his word. He said, my word will not return to me void, but it will accomplish everything that I set out for it to do. If you abide in Jesus, and, and, and Jesus is the word, uh, if you abide in Jesus and his words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. That's John 15, 7. God has given us some heads up on how do, we, how do we get what we want because he's our father, right? Um, what I want to do is I want to I spend a little time about for, uh, uh, walking in unforgiveness. Um, and that's something that I, I really believe so many people uh, have a challenge with. Um, and it, it, it's, we're going to talk about fathers today, but it don't have to just be your father. Uh, but the scripture talks about that, that you can have long life if you would honor your parents. And so some people might say, well, how can I honor someone who wasn't really necessarily a parent to me? Well, it, it's not, you, 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 so if a person, let's say a person was, um, I don't know, let's say the person beat you senseless. I mean, they just was so totally abusive, whether it was physical, sexual, emotional, whatever the case is. Well, the way you honor somebody is you just don't talk bad about them. That's, that's one of the ways. And I, I had to repent because I talked bad about my dad. And when I look over my life, he wasn't all that bad. But what it was is I had expectations, and it was unrealist, unrealistic because he couldn't meet it. Not because he's evil or anything like that. He just couldn't, he couldn't do it for whatever reason because of how he grew up. He couldn't do it at all. And so the scripture talks about that you, will, you, you actually will have long life. And so I want to, if I could get two people up here, because I have something I want to uh, really show. And it, it, this really hopefully will uh, give you a picture. If I can get two people. <laughs> Got to bring out my old uh, timeline here. So if, uh, let's see, we'll start. You can grab this side here, and you're going to go all the way down there. Okay. And I want you to lift it high if you can. Stretch it so it, it well, probably need one more person in the middle. Yeah, just to hold the middle. One more person. There we go. Can everybody see that okay? Okay, so this is a timeline. And the, the scripture talks about 80 kind of like with reasonable strength that we can all live to, right? And so we've got zero from the time you were born all the way to 80, okay? Um, who wants to be uh, another volunteer? I need one more volunteer. Can y'all still see it? Because I know the arms can get a little tired. Let me know if you guys get tired, okay? You're okay? All right, so if you don't mind, if you could tell these lovely people, how old are you? <laughs> how old are you? 40 plus. What's, we, have, we need your exact, because this is a timeline, and so we need your exact, we need your exact. You look absolutely amazing. I'm in here. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so now we need you, we need you to get right in here then. Okay. This is where you are. Okay, now listen. Listen, 
let's just say, let's just say, this didn't happen to her, so I don't even know really what her story's about. But let's just say that here, all the way to 18, because that's usually when you turn 18, you're on your own, right? But from there to there, Miss Tanya dealt with being um, not taken care of by her parent, being sexually abused by her parent, being uh, abused physically by her parent. Uh, they said some things to her that hurt her feelings. They weren't there for her when she needed them. Um, give me some things that y'all experience as, as, as you, well, no, that wouldn't be good because I don't want <laughs> uh, Let's say um, they uh, just didn't have any faith in her. They felt like she was going to be a nobody. Now, they did this from here all the way to here. Now, Tanya's right there, but she's closer to that than she is this back here. Now, the thing about it is, this time period right here, right here, determines whether or not she's going to stay here or she's going to decide, I got the rest of my life left. This down here, all the way to here, hurt me bad. It destroyed me. Do I want to take what happened here, and I was making a decision in, in this phrase here, and probably, keeping it real, I probably kept going with what happened back there. Let's say that. Let's just say that. She's here now, right? And so now she has to make a decision. Do I want to keep that pain with me of what was done to me all the way for the rest of her life? Because this is, this is the reality. This is the rest of her life. She can't do anything about what happened back then but she can do everything about what happens moving forward, right? So who wants to live in pain and agony? Who wants to be reminded of their past to the point where it literally keeps you stuck? That's why we have to let it go. The thing about letting it go, though, is it's, it's letting... Oh, that'd be good, thank you, because I know they're... they're <laughs> The thing about it is, and, and, and I really want us to look at this because I want you to find yourself on this, uh, this uh, timeline. So I want, you, I want you to find, she could have actually went down there, but it's okay. I want you to find where, you're, where your age is on this timeline. And I want you to think about, I want you to think about where you are, where you've been, and where you're going. I, let that sink in. Let it sink in. Locate yourself on this timeline. Because the reality is, folks, we have to hand it over to God. We've got to give him the pain. We've got to give him everything that anybody, and it's not just your father or your mother. I'm talking about anybody that has hurt you. Because in all of this, these timelines, at some point, we all were hurt. But here's the thing that is really, I want y'all to get, I want us to get. We were hurt in the moment. We don't have to be hurt for a lifetime. We were hurt in the moment. God wants to heal us and take us to another place because guess what? He knows the plans that he has for us, plans to prosper us, plans to give us to an expected end. But we can't get there if we're still stuck here. Because here requires freedom, liberty, and justice for all. <laughs> this is what this requires. So God is trying. He said, listen, I, I, I know it hurt. I know you were disappointed. 
I know it, it, you, you had great expectations of what a parent should have been like. And some of us have to release ourselves as a parent because we didn't do what we know we should have done or we could have done. But I said earlier, we do better when we, when we know better, right? So it's important, y'all. God is trying to take us somewhere. Find your, find your spot. And think about the, the one thing that you keep holding on and you're almost like indignant, I ain't letting this go. I ain't letting this go for nobody. This person hurt me and they gonna pay. They gonna pay. That person ain't thinking about you. I'm just being honest, they ain't thinking about you. I can remember times when I felt like they gonna feel what they did to me. I remember saying to my, to my dad, you gonna need me before I need you. And every month I found myself needing him. <laughs> you remember, you know those people that you said, I'll never ask you for another dime in my life. And then a situation happens, and it's like, dog, I need to ask them for some money. You see what I'm saying? So we got to get to a place, y'all. This is what our father is telling us today. In order for his family to function and operate, he needs us to be free of offense. That's why it's dangerous to hold it in and store it. Because if it's, if it's stored in there, what happens is it gets pushed further and further down. And now it messes with your character. It messes with your personality. It messes with who you are, what you were created to be. So we got we to gotta let these people, these situations go. It happened way back here wherever you find yourself on this thing. It happened way back there. God has a new plan, a new way, and that's why Romans 8, 28 is my favorite. When it says all things, all things, all things, the good, the bad, the ugly, all things, work together for what? Good. For good, all this pain and, and all this hurt and everything I went through, somehow, someway, God is going to work it out for my good. And I promise you, I've been through almost everything that you can think of. God has used it for his glory. Because now, the bigger your story is, the bigger his glory is. Because people can look at you and say, I know there's a God. If he brought you through this situation... I know there's a God if you don't look like what you went through. I know there's a God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so we got to give it to God. He says, cast your cares on him. Why? He cares for you. He says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Now, here's where you got to have the right attitude. Because we can take a scripture in the word, what well, God, your word says, vengeance is yours. Come, Lord, come. <laughs> no, that's, but that's an extreme, but sometimes you might think it. You might think it. I hope something happens to them. No, you're releasing them to God and allowing God to correct. See, the thing about, the thing about um, you know, sometimes, this is what's so weird about it, y'all. I'm sorry, y'all. Oh, y'all okay? <laughs> okay, so we have to replace it because I still want people, as I'm talking, I want y'all to get this. I really believe by the Spirit of the Lord, He wants us to see this. Keep it up. Because you're going to be thinking of some stuff right now that you've been holding on to that happened way back here. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> So you got to be willing to let go. And when you say, God, I'm giving this person to you, because he said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's what he said. Stand still. Be still. Don't be so in a rush to correct something or to, you know, to make sure somebody pays. Because God can actually get them better than you can. 
And the thing about it is, this is what trips us up. We don't, we, we don't see it. So we be thinking, just because we don't see it don't mean it's hap- it's, it, it ain't happening. Because sometimes we can just be in ourself. We want to, no, I want to see them pay. I want to feel them feeling what they did to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you got to get your mind off that because feelings is going to get you in, in trouble. You're going to have to trust. Now, and this, is, this is how you can tell. How many times you've done something and in your secret place, God got you. In your secret place, you felt guilty and sad and hurt about what you did. Well, the same God that did that to you is the same God that's going to do it to them. Do you understand what I'm saying? So sometimes we be thinking, well, they, they, don't, they, they ain't said nothing. You know, they, they didn't come to me and say they were, they were uh, sorry they did what they did. Because you may never, ever get an uh, I'm sorry. And even if you did, even if you got a sorry, if you, were be, if you were to be honest with yourself, it's not enough. It's not enough, y'all. So why are we allowing ourselves to pay for something that can't satisfy us? Do you understand what I'm saying? It, you, won't, you won't get satisfied. Even if the person pays and you see it happen to them, it's still not going to be satisfying because you're going to be like, no, but I really want them to pay more. <laughs> if, if, if for whatever reason they were taken out, they died, sometimes that's the worst. Because people be like, well, now they dead. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> that's why they call it revenge. Revenge is re, means over and over and over and over again, right? We don't want to have a revengeful heart. So we got to we gotta look at yourself. Y'all find that situation that happened to you way back here. Because most of us in here are a little older. We're probably somewhere right in here. Uh, some of us. <laughs> and so, and even if you're in a current situation right now, you have to start checking it. See, God made us, uh, he, he designed us to have choice. We all have choice. And you can choose this day who you will serve. You will either serve God in the way he does things or you'll serve the enemy. And so, my goodness, I had so much to talk about and I'm just off my notes and everything. But anyway, he wanted me, I had to be obedient. We need to see where we're at, y'all, because this unforgiveness is keeping us stuck. It's keeping us stuck mentally, physically, emotionally, and to the point where we can't grow up. Important that we um, see where you're at, locate where you're at, and believe God to release it. Release it. Release that person. Release that situation. You can't do anything about it as far as what happened. But you can do everything about how it's going to affect you moving forward. And that's big, y'all. It's so big. Let it go. Let it go so you can go. Let it go so you can go. Let it go so you can go forward in your life. You don't want to go backwards. You want to go forward with God because God is down here. He's, he's not even concerned about all that. He's down here to try to get you to an expected end. So we have to let our fathers and these people in our life uh, go because this is just not healthy. Uh, I hope and pray that that, that, uh, that uh, timeline is is engraved or, or, or that image is burnt in your mind so that you can really see how much time you have left and how you don't want to keep wasting your time. Now knowing God as Father, I just I want to talk a little bit about that too. Um, 
there are three things that one of the things God does is he wants he, the way we learn him is that we have to communicate with him on a daily basis not just when we need him we got to commun- if he's our father we need to check into him as our father right And so we, I said earlier, sometimes we might feel like we're so far, like he's so far away from us, right? And we don't feel connected. We don't feel connected. Well, some of the reasons why we don't feel connected um, is that we're not interacting with him by talking to him and training ourselves to listen. So vitally important. And we do the same thing when we... Um, we do that same thing, y'all, of not training ourselves to listen with other people. How many of us be talking to people, having a conversation, and ain't listening to nothing? All you, all you want is what you want to say. That's all you do. Look, look, what I have to say is more important than what you have to say. And we carry that on to our relationship with the Father. We carry that same M.O. And we wonder why we don't have healthy conversations with people because we do it with the Father. We actually do it with him. So there's three things that stop us from praying. Y'all, I know I'm not the only one. Sometimes you just don't feel like praying. Now, it's so interesting how we are, we, some of us are, are more talkers than others, right? But you can take a talker. And they don't want to pray. A, t- a person that talks all the time, you would think that that would be the best person to always be in the Father's face in, pray- in prayer. But it, what happens is uh, there's three things that stops us from praying. We become distracted or disinterested because we don't believe that the Father's listening to us. Well, 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says... And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, that's a, a, a good thing to park there, but according to his will. So it can't be about your will. It's got to be according to his will. Remember I said earlier, his will is his what? Good job, y'all. Okay. I know y'all listening. Um, and so it says, according to his will, he hears us. Father, can you hear me? We, we sung that. <laughs> he hears us is what the scripture says. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the request that we desire of him or desired of him. And so 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says that if we ask anything according to his will, that's why we got to read the word, right? The other thing is we become distracted. We fall asleep. I've done that plenty of times. We fall asleep. We run out of things to say. I'm talking about your talkers. They run out of things to say. We get distracted by phones and people talking. Matter of fact, I've put myself on the line. I mean, I was praying up a storm, y'all, one day. Tears flowing. I'm telling you, the, the, like praying heaven down. I don't know why, but I had my phone right there. <laughs> the phone rung. I had the nerves to stop what I was doing, suck it up. Hello? Like as if nothing was going on. And I felt so convicted after I did that. And I said, I am so sorry, Lord. Wait a minute. So I went from, I am so sorry, Lord, to, no, what happened was, what happened was, <laughs> I was praying, the phone rung. Excuse me, Lord, just hold on one minute. <laughs> so now I just told him, okay, give me, a, you, you understand what I'm saying? And then I went back and apologized again. So sometimes the phones and distractions, so when you get before the Father, one good thing I can say this, <coughs> if you haven't done it already, find out how to pray in the Spirit. Because the spirit utters groanings that you have no clue, but it's a direct line of communication from your spirit man to the Father. 
And I'm telling you, uh, this week, I wish I had uh, interpreted uh, what, what, what was said, uh, but I literally, remember I talked about there's, um, there's uh, diverse, t diverse tongues or different types of tongues. You know, you got, there's uh, your regular tongues um, when you pray, but then there's uh, different types of tongues. I promise y'all, it was like I was speaking Korean. Korean? Korean? Korean. Thank you. I sounded like a Chinese uh, person up in my piece, up in the house. Sounded just like a I'm serious, y'all. It was amazing. And I said to myself, I said to myself, I wish I could have recorded that. <laughs> it was just so amazing. So we get distracted by phones and talking to people. Um, oh, here's another one. We get distracted thinking about what we have to do. That's a big one right there. Matter of fact, it almost feels like he's inconveniencing us when we talk to him because we got to do all these other things. And it's like, let me hurry up and get this prayer in. Let me hurry up. And how do we feel as parents when, ooh, when your kid comes and you have something very important to tell them about what they're doing or what they're not doing or some instructions or whatever the case is, and they're like this. I mean, because they, they're ready to go outside and play. But you want them to be, no, I need you to lock in. Father is like that. He needs us to lock in. All right. Um, there, here's another distraction. Listening to ourselves on what we're saying and if it sounds right or holy. <laughs> I am so guilty of that. I was, I'm telling you, there were times I would, I would listen to myself to sound like, am I really praying? Am I the only one? Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, do, do it sound good? You know, sometimes you, could, you can almost want to sound like you're, you're penetrating heaven and you're touching the throne of God and you're, you know, you're holy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a powerful prayer. <laughs> Matthew 6, Matthew 6, 5 says, um, and when you pray... You shall not be as hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. <laughs> so sometimes we do that. We want to sound like we know what we're praying. Uh, the third thing is uh, disappointment. Disappointment. When we pray uh, and prayers have not been answered. So we were disappointed, and so that causes us not to pray. Uh, but we must push through those things, y'all, because the devil knows that he can get us, dis if he can get us disinterested in prayer or distracted or disappointed, we will never hear from our father, and, he will and we will continue to listen to him and his lies. He's in competition with God. He wants to shut us down. He wants us to only hear his voice. And so we, uh, we've got to understand that prayer is something that you, we, we, we must do. It's essential. And here's the, here's the good thing about it is, the good thing about it is, it's not like all that deep. In fact, uh, Matthew 6, um, I think it's verse 9 through 13, talks about the model of a prayer. You remember our Father, which art in heaven? It, that, that prayer is across the board. Oh, every religion, every, you know, not every religion, but Christian religion, you know, they know that prayer. In fact, many of us don't even really say it. How many of y'all normally say the Lord's Prayer? Yeah. But it's a perfect model of how prayer should be. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hey, let's all say it for the first time. How about that as God's family? So y'all ready? Okay, ready, go. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as you forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now that is a really, really simple prayer, but it's a wonderful model on how to pray. Um, when he talks about our Father which art in heaven, um, there's a, uh, 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 in the Amplified, actually it's the A, it was called the Amplified, uh, it's A-M-P-C, it says, um, it says, yet for us there is only one God and Father who is our source or the source of all things. And so our Father, which art in heaven, our Father, he's our Father, he's in heaven. Um, and then there was another um, a verse I wanted to say is through that AMPC. It says, and my God will uh, liberally supply and fill uh, or give us what we need, every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And so we have to see God as our source. And when you see God as your source, then, then anything in this earth runs out, right? But in heaven, nothing runs out. It's like nothing runs out. So the things on this earth can run out. So we got to see God as our source. You see what I'm saying? So when we go, our father, which art in heaven, when we see God, who he, who he is in heaven and that he's our source um, and that heaven, in heaven, there's an unlimited supply of everything. Things can't run out. So like in Luke 9, you can read it on your own about the, the five loaves and the two fish. Fed 5,000 people, right? Uh, but this is what it says. Then he took the five loaves of fish, or, or the five loaves of, of bread and two fishes, and looked up to heaven. Why did he look up to heaven? He had in his hands five loaves of fish. I mean, five loaves of bread and two fish. That's all he had in the earth. But what did it say? He looked up to heaven. See, in the earth, all we have is whatever the resources is in the earth. But when you go to the heavens, hey, everything is manufactured there. So, and as a result, what did God do? He blessed 5,000 people just with five loaves of bread and two fish. That was supernatural. So we got to see God as our source. I don't even have time to break off. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> I was, what I was going to do is, you know, <laughs> break down. I'll say one, one other thing about hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name is praising and worshiping and, and revering his name, giving thanks to him for everything that he's done, uh, to show a time to show our, our, our appreciation to him. It's a time to lift him up and magnify him, to recognize and declare his holiness. You know, um, actually, in uh, Isaiah, I believe it's 6-1, uh, it talks about uh, the angels were in heaven and they would encircle around the throne of God. And there's three things they would say each time they went around the throne of God. They said, holy, holy, holy. They would just keep saying, oh, right now, right now, as we're in this room, zillions of years now they've been circling around the throne of God saying holy 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 and the reason why is because every single time they went around that throne they saw something big in God they saw something beautiful in God they saw something magnificent and grand in God and all they could muster to say is holy 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 because they saw the, the, the grandness of God, the almightiness of God. They saw how, how, uh, how miraculous he was, and it just blew their minds. I know sometimes I'm in prayer, and I be in worship, and I be saying, God, I'm, my, I'm so tripped up when I start to think about all that he has done, all that I see. You know, a person who's dealing with uh, any type of... Um, uh, in, a person who's dealing with any type of uh, terminal cancer or terminal issue, they see life differently. They see the blades of the grass and they see the sky, the sun, the moon. They see everything so differently. And sometimes when you go into worship, you'll experience that. You'll begin to start seeing the goodness of God in a different way. And it causes tears to flow. 
because you see the awesome might. Every time when you say holy, 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 you're looking at the grandness of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the fullness of God. And it just is beautiful. And all you can say is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And so today, he is our father. He wants you to know that. He wants you to come to him as, as, as a child should, their parent. And praying in the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, is a wonderful opportunity to consistently talk. Or you don't have to get on your knees. You don't have to get on your knees to talk to God. You know, some people, they think it's, an, it's all in the posture. You know, if I get on my knees, I'm holy. If I get on my knees, I'm really praying. No, all throughout the day in your car, whatever, just start talking and then train yourself to, to just stop and listen. Because we be saying, well, I prayed to God for this and I prayed to God for that and I did, you know, I've been praying for five years. But you ain't listen one minute. So we got to start training ourselves to listen, okay? Now, it's going to take some time, and you got to be patient, and it's by faith. So just because you pray to, because I, I know some of you going to say, I'm going to try that, I'm going to try that. What, what you got to do is train yourself, because God speaks in so many different ways, okay? So, but train yourself to just give time for, 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 like you're talking in a conversation. You wouldn't do that to, the, you wouldn't want that done to you, Right? If, some, if you're talking to somebody and, and, or, you know, someone's talking to you, you wouldn't want them to not respond, right? So if you're praying to God, stop, listen, and look. Look for God because he's always speaking. We just ain't been looking. All right, that's my time, and uh, glory to God. <laughs> glory to God.